on today's podcast, we're going to be doing a little catching up, talking of the moves that have gone on in baseball, and maybe catching up with a little football, talk a little Super Bowl. Welcome into the Fumbling Punter Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Keeney, and with us today, co-host, Lucas Jones. Lucas, what is up? Not much. Glad to uh, get back to uh, podcasting. Yeah, so I'll go ahead and take a little personal responsibility on this one. I've uh, been busy looking at houses, bought a new house, and have been just insanely busy with that. But I'm going to give, Lucas, I'm going to give a little bit of blame to Major League Baseball and free agency on this one. I mean, I was looking through my notes, and we really haven't missed a lot. No, there's been a couple, you know, three, four big signings, but it is the slow time of the year, so maybe we'll cut you a little slack, you know. Yeah, but we're getting back into it, going to get back into it pretty big. We're, uh, you know, we're within, shoot, a month of uh, baseball previews. Yeah, uh, we're going to start working on that pretty pretty soon. Hopefully, more major league guys get uh, signed so we can actually get a full picture of the team before we start discussing how that team looks oh yeah no kidding man so the couple big moves uh, a couple big names came off the board here in the last few days and yesterday the big news broke that eric hosmer inked a uh, eight year 144 144 million with the padres are my numbers right there lucas yes uh 144 million over was it eight years or seven i believe it was eight eight yes so, you had an interesting point on Twitter about this. Uh, I believe it was either Twitter or text uh, talking about if you're going to spend that much money on Hosmer and be okay with Will Myers' bad defense, then what, your theory, I'll let you tell it to the people. Well, you know, Will Myers got moved to first base in San Diego because he was not, you know, the statistics were measuring out. He was a bad outfielder. And they signed him long-term, kind of made him face of the franchise. And now they're going to have to move him back to the outfield because Hosmer is going to play first base. And my theory on that was, you know, at the time, and this was before J.D. Martinez signed, which we'll get to here, but if you're going to spend $144 million and be okay with bad outfield defense, I would take J.D. Martinez because that was his big knock was, well, he needs to be in an AL team so he can play DH because his defense is not that great. But – you know, he ended up going for a hundred million. So they could have got a guy that actually, you know, I don't know how his home runs would measure out in Petco because it's kind of a pitcher's part. Mm-hmm. But the dude hit like almost a combined like forty-five home runs last year, or more oh, than yeah. that, for two teams. I mean, he tore it up, and I think they would have gotten overall better hitter than Hosmer, and they would have saved thirty-four million dollars. Yeah, I mean that is a fairly significant amount of money for. I mean, Hosmer plays good defense. I've watched him here the last few years Maybe. in Kansas City. but Some people think he does, but some of the metrics show that he doesn't play good first-base defense. Yeah, but I mean, for what you're getting offensively, I would have rather have saved, like you said, thirty almost $35 million, went and got J.D. Martinez. and Right, and, you know, it might have been one of them things where J.D. Martinez wanted no part of San Diego either, though. Like, that may not have been an option, but I, I would – you know, most teams, I'm sure, do their due diligence. So they might have called J.D. Martinez. Yeah. But, you know, just for the money, you know, I, I think it was smart for the Royals not to bring him back for that kind of money. 
The Royals mm-hmm. reportedly offered him more money, less years, more overall money. Well, you know, I read some things on that, and then I read that Ned Yost even texted him a couple times throughout the offseason and never heard back from him. So hmm. I'd never heard anything of there being any sort of bad blood with Kansas City. Maybe he thought they lowballed him the first time around or something. I have no idea. Yeah, that's kind of you know that's kind of weird he, for that to be his team, won a World Series there. I mean, he was the face of the franchise, like. It didn't matter how good his statistics came out. Royal fans were going to love him no matter what. Yeah. And let's talk about the Royals for just a second. We, I feel like this is something we've debated on this podcast for the last year. Or is it finally time for the Royals to say screw it and go fire sale? I mean, they, it is. I think they pretty much echoed that much after Hosmer, uh, after Hosmer signed with the Padres, uh, Dayton Moore said, hey, now that we can't get Hosmer, we're going to go full steam ahead with our our rebuild, Um, which pretty much meant that they weren't going to make Moustakis an offer. Yeah. Um, Kane obviously was already gone. So now, you know, they got some nice trade pieces in Danny Duffy, who, you know, has got four years and $60 million left on his deal, $15 million for a pretty good starting pitcher. Yeah. Uh, He may be just a tad – I mean – Obviously, that's what like Alex Cobb should be bringing on the market. I don't know what he's going to get with the way this market is and the prices coming mm-hmm. down on guys. But let's just say like Cobb and Lynn were both looking for seventeen, eighteen million. Probably now they're going to get fifteen million. He's basically the same price if he oh, yeah. misses out on on one of them guys. And I'd probably take Danny. I'd take Danny Duffy over Alex Cobb and Lance Lynn for that matter. Anyways, yeah, I mean Duffy definitely has the potential to be a high end. One number one or number two, uh, when he's pitching right and feeling right, which that's been any Royals fan knows that that's been uh, inconsistency throughout the time he's been in Kansas City. But if you're able to get him at that price, it's worth the gamble, in my opinion. But uh, so I was looking through like their real valued pieces, and they have uh, Joaquin Soria has in, is in his last arbitration year. Uh, they have Whit Merrifield. I don't know how much he's going to bring. And then uh, the big fish to me is Salvador Perez. Do you think that they'll move Salvi? If they're if they're smart, they will. <laughs> he will bring back the most out of any any one of uh, any of the guys they could possibly trade. Danny Duffy should bring back a yeah. Bridal Hall. Um, Duffy's one of them guys who may wait till the trade deadline just to. If he comes out, you know, with a pretty low ERA and things like that, you can get more for him. But Perez, you can trade at any time and probably get the most. Yeah. And he would really bring the rebuild along. Um, you know, like, like I don't know, like almost any team would be would call the Royals about Duffy. Um, There's several teams that have catchers, uh, you know, that they don't need. But catching is one of them things that, it's hard to find a catcher as good as Perez, so there's still several teams out there that could use a catcher. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, that there would be a good demand for Salvi. You know, I think it. I think the Nats would be a good, a good place. You know, if they were really aggressive all in this year, they're already kind of towing the line. They may be over the luxury tax, and I know Salvi's got a pretty decent deal. Uh, they don't have to trade Robles, but they got some other uh, pieces that are pretty high end prospects too that they could send to Kansas City. I mean, they're they're one of the top teams in for JT Real Muto. So yeah, so I'm looking here. Uh, Salvador Perez signed a 
five-year, $52 million extension in 2016. So it runs through 2021. But even if that's a back-heavy contract, I mean, you're getting one of the two or three. That is phenomenal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, especially for a guy of his caliber. I mean, I know you're a big Willie guy, but uh, I don't know how many catchers in the league I'd take over Salvi Perez if I'm, you know, the Nats or a team without one of those cornerstone catchers. Yeah, I mean, I personally I have Perez, uh, you know, probably my third or fourth best catcher in the game. Um, my one twos Posey and Willie. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Posey and Yadier Molina. <laughs> yeah, more about tenth, eleventh. Oh, uh, well, that's just my personal feelings on it. <laughs> Get ready for the Cardinal fans to try to burn your house down. <laughs> hey, I've been on this. I've been on this Yachty's overrated train for several years. Oh, I know you have. So uh, let's transition that into talking about Big Willie and your Cubs. Uh, they made a pretty big splash in free agency last week. They went out and signed you, Darvish, Lucas. What are your thoughts? I am just excited as hell about it. They. You know, I like Jake Arrieta. I would have been okay with them bringing him back, but, you know, use price fell, and Jake's not ready to, you know. They said Theo called called Jake Arrieta before the signing and offered him essentially the same deal that they offered you, and he turned it down. Wow. And so, you know, they went full steam ahead with you, Darvish. Since he's debuted, he's been like the seventh or eighth most valuable pitcher in baseball. I know we had that meltdown in the World Series, but, uh, I mean, now he's with a better pitching coach. They said he was tipping his pitches, which may be the case. Mm -hmm. Um, They, you know, I think it was a move by, I mean, Theo's got that rotation shored up now for the next, you know, assuming that you Darvish doesn't opt out in two years, then he's got everybody in that rotation signed for at least three more years. And that's a yeah. solid rotation now. Like, Absolutely. You could – your first four guys, like you got four guys that could legitimate be your opening day starter and nobody could say anything about it because, I mean, you got Lester, Hendricks, Quintana, and Darvish. And that's a nice mix of righty and lefty too. Absolutely. Guys that are always the top 15, top 20 pitchers in baseball. Like that's – you know, I right now I think they might – I think they got a better rotation than the Dodgers. I mean, it's pretty hard to argue at this point. I, I just think it's deeper. I mean, the Dodgers trade. The Dodgers had a lot of starting pitching depth last year, mm-hmm. and they used like eighteen different pitchers, yeah, uh, in a game or to start uh, that started the game for them. And you got to consider that they traded McCarthy and Casimir to the Braves to get Matt Kemp back so they could get under the line. They got uh, Clayton Kershaw, Alex Wood, who had his one great season last mm-hmm. year. Um, Henji Ryu has been injured like the last three years. Didn't super impress. I used to, I liked him a lot in his first couple of years. Oh yeah, but he just couldn't stay healthy. Uh, after that, I don't even know who the rest of their starters are. Kenta Maeda, who spent yeah. the second half of last year in a bullpen, and uh, you know after that, Walker Bueller's their number one pitching prospect. Uh, unless you count Urias, who's not going to be back till July or August because he had major shoulder surgery. Bueller, Bueller, and, uh, <laughs> Bueller, Bueller. Uh, so that's why I'm just saying, and I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying that Clayton Kershaw is so good 
that he accounts for so much value when he pitches. It's almost like you got two starting pitchers out of that one player. Yeah. Um, so that makes up some of it. But right now, I kind of like the Cubs one through five depth. Now injuries and stuff happen. But now the Cubs got Montgomery. That's going to make probably 12 to 13 starts this year like he did last year. Um, and, I, you know, that's what pitching matters in the playoffs. I mean, we've seen Absolutely that it does. the last several years over and over and over again. It's all about the pitching. Your hitters can get you into the playoffs, but you got to have some pitching. And I like what the Cubs have done. Absolutely. I think the argument's there well, to say that they have something. the – okay, go for it. I think we both agree that we liked what the Brewers have done so far in the free agency, like uh-huh. or in trades. They got Yellick and they got Lorenzo Cain. Like they got a pretty good outfield now. Oh yeah. But there's one knock on them. No one believes in them because they still don't have much for starting pitching. Mm-hmm. That's uh, and that's something that we've talked about, and I know that we'll agree on. You got to have the pitching. Like we yeah, like what the Brewers I... have done for their offense, but can you name? the five guys that they're going to start right now without looking up on the computer? Absolutely, I cannot. I mean, I might be able to get four, and it depends because they went out and signed uh, Juli Chassin and Giovanni Gallardo. Uh, That don't really scream uh, game four and game five of the World Series. Yeah, no, not at all. It doesn't. So that's kind of segueing into uh, free agents that are still out there. I think that that's got to be where Jake Arrieta lands, don't you? Well, I don't know what the holdup is. He's wanting money, and there's not a lot of teams that, or you know, the Yankees don't. They could use another starting pitcher. They don't want to go over the cap. The Dodgers use starting pitcher. They don't want to go over the tax line. The Nats, the, I think they're okay if going over the tax line, but I don't think they. I don't know what they want to do. He would be. That'd make the Nats rotation pretty damn sick. Oh yeah, well. Um, the Brewers have money to spend because they've been running $80 million budgets the last three or four years. The Cardinals have money to spend. Um, no one's really connected Jake to the Cardinals in a long time. No, they haven't. the Brewers. Everyone's saying the Twins are out now that they got Oder Easy, but if the Twins really mean business, they'd go ahead and still get one of them. But I think they probably want Cobb or Lynn. The Brewers make the most sense to go after Jake Arrieta. I don't know if Jake Arrieta wants to play for the Brewers. That may be a totally different thing at this point. Yeah, though. he may take whoever offers him the most money. Do you think um, that he gets a better, a bigger deal than you got? It's going to be Devin after seeing you's deal and Hosmer's deal and JD Martinez's deal, and more specifically used and JD's. I don't even want to guess because there's going to be so many different variables of opt-outs and escalators in them deals that it's going to be hard to say who actually comes out with more money at the end of that contract. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, it's... I think right now he's still shooting for it. I mean, Scott Boris to keep his reputation is going to have to get Jake at least a million more dollars a year, but there's going to be some sort of one, two, three year opt out. Um, Cy Young escalators like you kind of guy. Oh, yeah. So I, I don't even want to guess. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy. So, you know, we just talked about J.D. Martinez, and uh, I had predicted, and I sent you this last night, I had predicted Martinez to the Red Sox, five years, 120. He got five years, 110. And I just assumed he was going to the Red Sox because that's the only team I'd heard seriously interested in him this whole offseason. Like, the Red Sox weren't bidding against anybody, and I think they knew that. They did know that, and then the Diamondbacks kind of jumped back in, but after – 
JD signed the Diamondbacks confirmed they were only in on JD if it was a super short deal, like mm. maybe a one or two year deal. And to you know, Dave Dombrowski stuck by his guns. Uh, you remember about three or four months ago when Scott Boris said JD Martinez is going to get two hundred and ten million. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah, he got one hundred and ten. That's a hundred million less. Yeah, that's um, a pretty significant off, difference. Nobody in their right mind ever thought he was going to get two hundred and ten million. No, but you know, one hundred and ten. Like J.K. texted me earlier and said, "What I think about this deal." And I thought about it for a little bit, and I texted him back, and I said, yeah, "I like it for both teams. I mean, the average annual value is twenty-one or twenty-two million dollars a year. That's okay. Um, it's a front-heavy contract." So he's making like 25 or 26 the first couple of years, and then he can opt out in two years when he's hoping the market may be a little better if he puts up big numbers in Fenway, which he should. Oh, yeah, as a writing. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, he's going to come away with $50 million in the first two years. It doesn't count a hell – I mean, it, it's a significant amount of money, but it doesn't count as much against the cap as it would. Yeah. And, it, you know, and it protects him if he just starts sucking again or – gets hurt or something he doesn't have to opt out and he'll still get that money so i like it for both teams because the red sox needed a power hitter they did bad i mean real bad so i'm going to give you three names and i want your prediction on where they're going to go name one greg holland houston astros i'm hoping i'm homering it right now i hope that mazalia gets off his lazy ass and he signs somebody and it's greg holland I know there's a lot of questions. I'm not going to get into this super deep because we still got two more names. But if the Cardinals are going to have any chance at a wild card spot, they're going to have to do it with a closer. I agree with you. I'm in agreement. And there was rumors about that. But, you know, I was reading guys today, and they're kind of switching up their prediction to the Astros because the Astros are kind of all in right now to repeat. Yeah. And yeah. The, the fact of the matter is – the Cardinals seem pretty set. I mean, they God, got they do, they and it makes me full, sick. They got a full forty-man roster. They got Jason Mott back in, which is hilarious. Yes, um, and they seem pretty confident in uh, you know Cecil and Gregerson and Dominic oh. Leone. and the numbers right now are bearing out the their bullpen's not going to suck. But the thing is, you just never know about bullpens. Like, I oh, love yeah. the Cubs bullpen right now. But bullpens just fall flat on their face all the time. Yeah, they do. But the, the Cardinals seem to be lacking a left-handed power hitter and a closer. Yeah. No, I, I'm completely with you. So, speaking of left-handed power hitter, Mike Moustakas, go. I think, honestly... I think he's going to have to settle for a one-year pillow deal, something that fits within the Yankees' salary cap desires or tax line desires to stay under. I think he's going to have to take like a a one-year, ten million dollar deal. And ten million? That would be, I, that's the only way it's going to fit for the Yankees. But who like the Braves don't? You know, the Braves. He might sign a one-year pillow deal with the Braves, but the Braves have a third base prospect that they think is going to be ready in 2019 so they don't want to spend long-term money now next to the cardinals but then do they need a third baseman worse do they need a left uh, third baseman worse than they do a closer i don't think so no i think they're happy with that that offense right now 
so that there's another guy, you know, and Jerko didn't have a bad season. Yeah, he's not sexy, but you know, he, I don't know where Mustar. I, I think it's the Yankees or the Braves. Yeah, but it's going to be on a one year deal, and if it's the Yankees, it's not going to be for very much money. I think it's it's a rough year for uh, some of these guys, and but I think Mustakas is caught in that. And I'll have to agree and say the Yankees, just because I don't see him going anywhere else. A one-year deal with the Yankees. I mean, he's not going to make much money, but I don't even know if he should want to test the market next year either because he's going to be going up against Machado, Donaldson. Oh, God. You know, he's not going to get anywhere near that. And then he – I don't know. There may be some sneaky team that will give him along. Maybe the the Athletics or the Rangers or somebody. I don't know. It's, it's tough for Moustakis right now. He really is kind of the – guy on the outside looking in absolutely and last name lance lynn uh, you know the or he would fit in the with the orioles and buckshell walter would get the most out of him like he does yeah with terrible pitching staffs is the whole tenure in baltimore i'm gonna stick with baltimore but i would say the brewers and twins are also there maybe calling in checking on him yeah, no, I think that he would uh, be a great fit in Baltimore. Probably one of the more accomplished pitchers that Buck Walter would have had in his time in Baltimore. Can you think of anybody else? I mean, he had like Chris Tillman. Uh, uh, he Tillman didn't have had like one good season. Yeah. But for accomplishments, I mean, Dylan Bundy's good. Um, but God, I feel yeah, like we've been I mean, talking about him since like 2010. We've been talking about him for a long time. We yeah. have. And he's finally put together some some pretty good, uh, you know, a full season last year. And the the thing with the Orioles is Buck Showalter is just so good at getting what he can out of just terrible starting pitching. No, oh, absolutely. And I think I think he would like just know you know what you're going to get out of Lance Lynn. I think he would appreciate Lance Lynn. They could use him, but who knows at this point i mean it's kind of you would hope that these guys start today was the first day of full squad workouts so you would hope the rest of these free agents start falling early this week absolutely because if not we're gonna we're gonna have some holes in our uh baseball preview podcast don't you think yeah and i you know i mean we'll try to do it as close to the season as possible just so we can be accurate but man it's I think this time last year we was already writing pretty much our full, our full write-ups. Oh yeah. What we was going to talk about, what the lineups were going to be, you know, kind of rankings and things like that. And now it's like, there's still several good players out there. Absolutely. They're starting to fall, but there's still some good players out there. Should we go ahead and say our second annual baseball preview podcast? Yeah, we should. And it'll be, uh, I mean, we, we got a lot of ideas for you guys that like to listen about baseball we got a lot of ideas we may do position rankings or kind of who's got the best outfield who's got the best infield of course we'll give our season predictions as well you know absolutely who wins what divisions and mvps and things like that if there's anything that Um, you guys want to hear specifically just tweet at us text us whatever you want to do absolutely we're gonna have some guests and we're gonna have randy on hell yeah we are uh, a few more times (laughs) leading up to the season and um spoiler alert I'm starting to talk myself into some Angels action. 
Oh yes, yes. I'm uh, I'm feeling that one. Are they going to be our Rockies of 2018? I think they might be. I'm kind of down for it right <laughs> There's now. always, oh, last year there was a team we fell in love with, and this has happened before we had the podcast. There's somebody we talk ourselves into before the season starts, and I'm with you on this whole Angels deal. We'll see if we were really like baseball fortune tellers or something, because the Rockies made the playoffs after we jumped aboard on them. Absolutely, and they did. Thing is, guys, now we're actually putting some thought into it. Last year, we didn't talk ourselves to the Rockies till the middle of our preview <laughs> podcast, and we're like, "Time out, time out." I kind of like the Rockies, and you were like, "Yeah, me too." And we're like, "All right, we're all in." And we just ran with it, and they tweeted us at us a lot. That was pretty cool. Shout out to the Rockies. But all right, Lucas, any final thoughts before we get off here? Uh, nope. Baseball games, spring training games start Friday. I generally don't like preseason games, but baseball is back in just a few more weeks, and it'll be the real season. Baseball is in the air. All right, for the Fumbling Punter Podcast, this is Devin Keeney and Lucas Jones. Everybody, have a good week. We'll talk to you next week.